All right, so back to another cutting room floor in First Samuel, uh, sort of leaning into the word kavod or glory mm-hmm. and sort of the literary word play sure, uh, yeah. that we didn't, we didn't get to or I didn't get to and kind of wanted to dive in and explore that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, as you mentioned, kavod's the Hebrew word for glory or honor. It's, it's translated in our uh, English Bible. And in the chapters that you just recently taught on, so be four through six, that word pops up a number of times in some very interesting ways that sometimes it's not actually translated as glory or honor in our mm. English checks for, for good reason. Yeah. Um, but we wanted just to explore a little bit of what the author potentially is doing with some of that, using that same word in various contexts um, within these chapters, yeah. which actually goes back a little bit to some of the first chapters of the book of Samuel. Yeah. Well, it's uh, kind of fun to do this too, because sometimes when we read in the English, Oh, yeah. We miss out on the original author's exactly. intent. So they're reading Kavod. Totally, yeah. And then sort of finding the meaning. Exactly. But we're getting the translation of yes. it. So the meaning is given to us. It giving, yes. And so we miss out on some of it's the some, literary word. For place. sure, totally, for sure. And I think this is it's a great point because it does, like as you're an ancient you know Israelite hearing this text read or whatever, you're hearing these the same kind of, you know, word coming out of whoever's mouth or mm-hmm. seeing the same yeah. word. Whereas we're seeing different English words for the same Hebrew word, kavod, in these examples that we're going to dive into yeah. right here. So maybe to start, I just want to back up just a couple chapters to where this idea of kavod or glory first appears in the book of Samuel. Okay. And the first time is within San, or with Hannah's sorry uh, prayer that mm. she prays in, in chapter beginning of chapter 2, uh, where she says, He raises the poor, referring to, to God. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles and inherit a seat translated glory or mm. honor. So that's the first time this word appears. And it's the idea where, where Hannah is praying, uh, praising God for how God gives glory and honor to those who are humble, who mm. those who are poor. Mm. And it's kind of just kind of right off the very bat, and which ends up becoming a predominant theme within the book of Samuel. You can think most famously like the little boy David, mm. who comes from a place of almost a nobody yeah. to becoming the king, the the predominant yeah. king of Israel. Um, kind of transitioning a little bit, later on in chapter two, the same kind of word theme comes up, but this time it's in kind of the un, the unnamed man who gives that prophecy against Eli mm. and his family, where the prophet says that basically God is saying that you have taken honor from me by kind of eating the, the fat, the fat of the choices meat for yourself, referring mm. to Eli, mm. and that you've basically indulged yourself and have stolen, he says in 229, honor from me and given it to your sons instead, mm. referring to Eli. Okay. And then at the very next verse in 230, God says through the prophet, for those who honor me, I'll honor and those who despise me, I will lightly, they will be lightly esteeming. They will have less, okay. less honor. So one thing I'm picking up there is I'm hearing verbs and nouns. Totally. Yes. Um, so in the Hannah example, um, is that a verb or a noun? Yeah. So it's in that, in, to inherit a seat of honor. So okay. that's, that's the noun right okay. there. So you'll get the, so the poor or the disenfranchised yes. or whatever will get honored. So yes. the sort of now the noun. they will, they will be given kavod. They'll be given kavod. Yes. Yeah. And this is where it kind of, it, there's a little bit of trickiness yeah. here where then when you have like the verb where it yeah. says for those who I will, uh, for those who honor me, I will honor. So there yeah. the verb is being used. So the, those who kavod me, yes. I will kavod. Kavod them. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so both of these are going to be at play okay. as the, yeah. the, narr- the narrator continues. Now, the next time this kind of word theme, this word idea is used, yeah. kavod, is actually, when it's translated in the English Bible, it does not translate as glory or oh. honor. It's translated as heavy. 
Now we've got to read the context to yeah. kind of pick out what, what we're talking about. This is uh, 1 Samuel 4.18. And when he mentioned the ark of God, Eli fell off the seat backwards beside the gate. His neck was broken and he died, for he was old and cavode. Interesting. So yeah. this time, so the ark is taken after the battle. Yeah. The news comes back. Mm-hmm. He's sitting there. He falls. Yes. Breaks his neck. And it says, for he was Kavod, exactly. And so remember what I, I briefly mentioned in chapter two, that it was that kind of railing, if you will, that judgment against Eli, that yeah. he was kind of taking glory for himself yeah, yeah. and having the, the choices food yeah. for himself. There's a wordplay going on between the fact that not only literally is Eli like indulging himself yeah. with food and thus physically becoming large, <laughs> there's a way also where maybe if you want to use the language of like yeah. spiritually, he's taking you know, self, you know, esteem for himself, glory for himself and indulging himself on like a quote unquote spiritual level. And so then in chapter four, when the author says that he was old and kavod, there's again, kind of like a little bit of Hebrew humor going on here where he's probably physically large and has, you know, died at this point, but he's also at a deeper level kind of been selfish with Hmm. taking honor and glory from God and giving it to himself in a way and to his sons. It's interesting. And when we go back to Hannah and the kavod used there, was that like the the poor and hungry? Yeah. So yeah. So he raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to sit with the nobles. Huh. So there's not the word hungry is yeah. not necessarily used in this yeah. verse, but the idea of think about in that culture, someone who's poor, yeah. needy, you're like at a loss for yeah. resources, including totally. food for yeah. sure, and will inherit a seat of glory or kavod. So in interesting. There. So totally. you have like this very different pictures of how Kavod affects people, exactly. what it does. And okay, and yeah. there's a level of this too, where I mentioned it in a, in a previous teaching, I think in chapter three, where Eli's eyesight was growing dim as well. Mm. And in that kind of same context, there's a level where, yes, as he's getting older, his eyesight physically is decreasing, yeah. but at a level of like discernment and spiritually yeah. being able to see, he's also kind of losing the ability to see what God is up yeah. to in the world or in his sons, in his own sons. And then yeah. like, he mistakes Hannah's Hannah, uh, yeah. prayer for being drunk. Yeah. And in a similar way, there's a level where this is a beautiful thing, kind of how the Hebrew language can work. These multiple layers of meaning yeah. where it's describing, yes, something literally physically, if you will, his physical state, yeah. but also getting at something deeper. Of, it's giving us this image of like self-indulgence being yeah. a way of stealing glory from God for ourselves. Okay. So that's in the be- middle-ish of uh, chapter 4. So that's 4.18 with Eli being described as kavod or heavy. Yeah, yeah. A couple of verses later, there's this kind of weird kind of ominous story about this boy that's named called Ichabod. Mm-hmm. And there's the line in, in verse 21 of chapter 4. The reason that this boy was named Ichabod was because the glory or the kavod has departed from Israel because the ark was taken yeah. away. And that's the story that you so primarily like taught on. daughter-in-law. Yes. Uh, she goes into premature labor yes. because of the news that yes. the ark has been... And she's, yeah, in and distress. She's in distress. Yeah. She dies yes. in childbirth. And then the child is born named Ichabod. Yeah. And... The glory, kavod, the kavod has departed has from departed. Israel. Exactly. The heaviness, the honor, the glory, the I, the whole, the yeah. whole kind of, I guess, I mean, enchilada is not like the yeah. right word, but the whole enchilada, if you will, as far as yeah. like the the semantic domain is more precise yeah. language there. Yeah. The the full kind of orbit, if you will, of the meaning of this word kavod mm. is kind of at play here yeah. in this not so great kind of prophetic telling with this little boy that's named Ichabod, yeah. and it's like that's right after. 
the Eli. The Eli. It's just three verses starts. later. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's right boom, back to back. Boom. Exactly. So yes. If you're listening to it, you're like, Kavod. Yes. Kavod. Something's happening. Something's here. happening, right? And so we're yeah. meant to then kind of, I think, go back and kind of rethink, okay, the Eli story or the Eli narration of yeah. him being heavy and dying. And then Ichabod being this symbol of the glory or the kavod mm. departing. Yeah. And so you have then perhaps a way of thinking about this is you have Eli, who is just one person himself being yeah. self-indulgent and for himself. And then to say that the glory has departed from Israel, mm. maybe thinking about how has Israel, not just on an individual with Eli, but as a nation, yeah. been complicit in this kind of taking glory for themselves, honor for themselves. And again, we're talking about at least the early chapters of Samuel in the time of the judges, yeah. where you have that line back to the book of Judges itself. Everyone's doing right in their own eyes. Mm, so good. yeah, there's a lot happening there uh, with that. But then what kind of is interesting as the story progresses, we get basically a repeat in the next line in 422, the glory has departed from Israel. Okay. But the story transitions into chapter five, where you get the, kind of the the beginning of fives, that weird story which you talked about of the, the idol Dagon or the, yeah. the statue Dagon yeah. falling down. Yeah. And where technically the word kavod is not used to describe the statue, the image of this the statue falling down, mm. there's a level of like kind of using your you know Bible imagination of this heavy piece of metal or, or mm. whatever falling over. And then the very next line after in 5.5, five, after it describes the statue falling mm. down, the line after that in, in chapter 5, verse 6 it says, now the hand of the Lord was, it's translated in English as heavy, mm. but it's the word kavod. The hand of the Lord was kavod on the Ash, Ashdodites. And he ravaged them and smote them with tumors, but Ash, both Ashod and its territories. So now you have kavod used like implicit in the narrative. Mm -hmm. The heavy idol is falling over. Yes. And then that his hand was kavod. Against. Heavy against totally yes so, i mean what is that like the fifth use? yeah at least one you know one two three four five six this is seventh use holy cow. um and this is chapter five yeah and so and like you'd miss this you totally miss this because heavy in english obviously is not the same word yeah. as glory in, in yeah. english but we're using the same uh basic hebrew uh, root for yeah. kavod is how it's then yeah. extrapolated um, and you just, to me, it's on one level, it's just simply fascinating and interesting yeah. to think about this. But then it really, I think, is meant as a Bible reader, if you're an ancient Israelite, to get you to kind of go back and think over yeah. what exactly are we talking about? If the glory is d departing and now we're using the same word as a way to describe how the Lord was heavier, the Lord was kavod mm. on the Ashdodite. There's a level now where glory is used in kind of like this negative sense mm. where there's perhaps judgment or mm. a, a sense of like God holding accountable yeah. this group of people in a way that's not in like this positive sort of sense hmm. at, at, in any way, shape or form. Um, the story continues though in, in verse, verse 11. Uh, it's kind of a similar usage as that I just mentioned in verse six here, but let me read it. They sent therefore and gathered all the lords of the Philistines and said, send away the ark of God from Israel. So this is after they kind of figure out, okay, we got to get rid of this thing at this point. Send it to the city. city next yeah, door. yeah, next yeah. door. It's like a hot potato at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and let it return to its own place so that it will not kill us or our people. For there was deadly confusion throughout the city, for the hand of the Lord, again, was very kavod, very heavy, hmm. as is often translated yeah. in the Bible. And so now kavod's being used in this way of the image of like the hand of God or, mm. or the like hand of the Lord pressing, pressing down, right? Yeah. And so there's this level of pressure or 
yeah. judgment that's happening upon the, the these outside nations. Which is fascinating, right? Because if you go back to Hannah and her prayer or her exclamation or whatever in chapter two, like raising up yes. is kavod. Yeah. With now the, you have pressing down. Pressing down. So you have like, it's like used in such a dynamic way. For sure. And even that, going back to what you're mentioning with the beginning of chapter or the middle, beginning middle of chapter two with Hannah's prayer, yeah. that language of lifting up, well, the, the word hand isn't used there, but it's still you have this yeah, image implied. of... Yeah, God's hand lifting someone up from a yeah. place of lowliness to, to a place of kavod, of honor. Yeah. And that action itself, not yeah. just the destination of that seat of glory or honor, yeah. but that action itself is implicit with yeah. that same kind of verbal root yeah. in that pattern. Interesting. Um, so then the last two instances, at least there's more instances as we go on to the Samuel narrative. Yeah. But as far as where, where you finished teaching in chapter six as of last Sunday, where it was that really interesting section within chapter six where essentially the outside people, the non-Israelites mm-hmm. are, are giving instruction on how to live faithfully. Yeah, uh, they're preaching. They're preaching the gospel, yeah. if you will. Not, not exactly, <laughs> but they're using the Bible language. They're yeah. getting it right. There's mm-hmm. probably a better way to say that. So in verses five and six of chapter six, uh, it says this, so you shall make likenesses of your tumors and likenesses of your mice that ravage the land and you shall give kavod to the God of Israel. That's verse five. Hmm. But then what's even interesting is that the very next verse in chapter in chapter six, so it's chapter six, verse six, they continue on saying, why then do you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh harden their hearts? Referring back to the Exodus yeah. story, same verse when he had severely dealt with them. Now, severely dealt is kavod in Hebrew there. Ah. And so when he had severely, so it's another, one it's another totally, totally would miss that. And it's kind of, it's in that same kind of, kind of grouping, if you will, is that the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them mm-hmm. in chapter five. And so again, when you talk about, even with the, the language back to the Exodus, there's all this language of that, that Israel would know who Yahweh was. That was the, one of the main reasons mm-hmm. for the plagues against yeah. in the judgment against uh, Egypt. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, there's a level here as they're kind of riffing and recounting a little bit of the Exodus story. Mm remembering when God had basically dealt that kavod mm. in that kind of what we would perceive more of like that negative sense, mm-hmm. that sense of judgment against the Egyptians. Wow. That's again being referenced here in this same story. Now, again, kind of taking a step back, putting all the pieces together, yeah. kind of on one level, the, the reason perhaps we're talking about this a little bit is just to kind of show how within kind of the Hebrew Bible itself, there are these word plays that are happening. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, okay, kind of cool, nerdy, you know, talk about, you know, ancient languages kind of a thing. There's a level where there's intentionality, I think, mm-hmm. on the part of the author hmm. of using words that have maybe a broader range of meaning than okay. what we might consider in our, yeah. you know, English mode yeah, of language. we think like glory and honor maybe are together, but... Pressing down and heavy? Yeah. Probably not. No, probably. Very different things. Yeah. And it's, uh, we're, those are in different, you know, to use like, you know, language categories, different semantic domains, different yeah. buckets, yeah. if you will, as far as definitions go. Yeah. It's kind of like we have these buckets in English and in Hebrew, at least with kavod, it's like you take the buckets and pour them into the bathtub. Exactly. And now they're all They're mixed swimming together. together. Exactly. Yeah. Which then as these words are these these de- definitions if you will are swimming together that then helps us then merge these stories together mm. to help us give a I think a fuller kind of angle if you will mm. as to when these words are being used what are we to begin mm. to think about and so especially with like if there ever was a bible word glory is one of them like these words that we yeah. often just kind of spout totally. off you know here and there being able to merge i think this language of heaviness or weightiness mm. with this concept of glory mm. i think really helps at least me get a mm. little more handhold on 
what often for me is this nebulous word glory, like hmm. give glory to God, honor God. Like I get that. I get what that means at a certain level. Yeah. But when I'm talking about like weightiness or heaviness hmm. to me, that I think brings it down to earth a little bit more for okay. me yeah. where thinking about something that's weighty or heavy or hmm. important might be another English word yeah. to help with that. It's this idea of like, what is most significant? Mm. What has the most weight, if you will? Mm. And, you know, all these language of like, even in chapter six, verse five, give glory to the God of Israel. Like another way of thinking about that, as I think about heaviness and weightiness and importance merge with glory and honor, yeah. you know, it's what is most important mm. Israel to you? What yeah. should be most important to you? And how can you not just say that, but give glory, demonstrate that yeah. tangibly in your own life if you're an ancient Israelite yeah. at this point? It's good. So it's just, again, another different angle that's, subtle in the text but i do think it's important yeah. that we read these texts as i think they were intended to be read yeah um, which does mean di delving a little bit deeper at times well i think sometimes you can say to someone hey what's going on they're like you know I just got a lot going on you know feeling kind of heavy mm -hmm. yeah or it feels weighty weighty yeah like you have this sense emotionally or i don't know like social emotionally of like there's something that's like you're wrestling with mm -hmm. yeah like totally. it, I think we have a little bit we of that. A little bit, right? yes, exactly. Um, and when that's happening, it does take our focus. Mm -hmm. And there is this kind of combination then of like things that are weighty actually require focus. Focus, yeah. And attention. And, attention. and now you're getting into glory. Exactly. And honor, like that which you put your focus and attention totally and concentrate on. Yes. And then that's where ideally as we, you know, grow and mature in our discipleship with Jesus, yeah. that becomes more and more directed toward yeah, God. Good. Yeah. Huh, that's cool. Yeah. I thanks for unpacking it. I do think it's helpful to sort of as English speakers to sort of see some of the poetic yeah, totally. links. Yeah. Um, because it feels like a colorful thread. Yes. That populates like a text that maybe we would just read through and it's like, oh, this is kind of poetry. Well, that's there's Yeah, for sure. And it creates this level of on one level, and I think it's important this appreciation for literary art that is scripture, mm. that these texts are well intended, well intentionally designed mm. and that there's a level for sure of seeing the beauty of how these mm. writers are composing these stories yeah. to tell it in this artistic way that yes, requires a slower reading at times yeah. a more careful reading at yeah. times. But I think we're meant to, you know, delve the minds of scripture, if you will, yeah. and, and That's gather good. this and, and feast on it and yeah. really think about these concepts again a word like glory we use all the time yeah. but really slowing down to work through even just a few short chapters like this yeah i think there's a lot of fruit that can come yeah. come from it well and even you know you and i have given how many five sermons in this no it's like we haven't even touched on totally it, yeah totally because yeah. there's so much there's depth. so much there for sure yeah, yeah. that's cool thanks man awesome